Hi, everyone. This is Melissa. And Kate. And Lainey. And we are the The Louisiana Louisiana Ladies. We are so glad you are here. Check us out on Instagram at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and visit us online at laladies.info. This episode is sponsored by Sentinel Pension, a division of Falcon Winkler. Sentinel's main goal is to ease some of the painful burden of retirement plan administration. We offer comprehensive services with the goal of meeting your company's financial objectives while providing your employees with a path to retirement. For more information, visit www.choosentinel.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. Um, I just tried to convince Lainey to be the host and she told me no. I said I like being the sidekick. She likes being the sidekick. But the reason I asked her to be the host is because her fabulous aunt, Karen Edelman, is with us. Hi, Karen. Hi. How are you? We are fabulous on this Monday that we're recording. Oh, before we get started, though, so Kate is not here. She's doing something very important for school. So I'm not going to pick on her. Kate is the co-host that I pick on whenever she doesn't show up. But today she is doing something very important. Also, okay, I don't keep up with all LSU sports. But this one's a big one. Women's basketball. Yeah. Amazing. Did you go? Did anybody oh. go to the PMAC and watch no, the game? No, we watched it together at one of her friends' One of my house. friends had a little party. It was all women, and we were just screaming and hollering. And it's so exciting. Critiquing people's makeup and It was great. Oh, and, it was fun. It was we fun. were critiquing all levels of the experience. Well, then I was reading something else, like our gymnastics is. Oh playing. yeah, they're going. Oh. They're going to the national championship. Yeah, and all these other baseball is like number one right now. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. You know, it's a are. good time Don't to be an LSU Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I wear LSU every time I travel. I am. I wear it. It doesn't even matter if we're having a good season. And uh, my husband and I always joke. At least one to two people when we travel anywhere. Doesn't matter where it is. When we travel in the United States, we will be walking down the street or in an airport and they go, go Tigers. I have done it. I've seen people in Europe. Really? Like wearing an LSU hat and I'll say, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Everybody's all excited. Yeah, we all get excited. It's <laughs> yeah. just like this camaraderie. So, all right. So, Karen, let's talk about you. Other than the fact that you are Lainey's aunt, I think a, a favorite aunt, right? She's my fairy godmother. Okay. I'm her aunt namesake. She's my namesake, and I'm her god. I have our actual godmother. So. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. A triple whammy. Okay, so you are Lainey's de- mom's sister. No, dad's sister. Yes. Okay, Lainey's. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't know the <laughs> details of this. Yeah. Okay. So Lainey's dad is my younger brother. There are just two of us, um, and we've always been extremely close family, and. Um, he gave me the gift of Tyler, Lainey's brother, and Lainey, and um, I took it upon myself to spoil him. That's what you're supposed That's to do. That's what aunts do. So I am an aunt to five nephews. I do not have any children. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have fun. a niece. I don't have a niece. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good gig. I know. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I love these little oh, boys. Oh, I love the boys too, but let me just say. I mean, yeah. Once they it, got that niece and then they name her after you, then. <laughs> well, it's probably a good thing. Well, it's, I think I think the writing, I don't think there's any more uh, offspring coming on either side of the family. So, um uh, not having a niece was probably good for my pocketbook. Oh, it absolutely is. I couldn't imagine like a little Missy running around. Yeah. She would be spoiled. Oh, <laughs> spoiled. And then I, she would also be empowered. 
Yes. <laughs> and I'd be like, it doesn't matter met if it's Have you yes. met her? Yes. yes. There you go. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think my nephews would ever call me the fairy godmother. But, you know, we're working on it. Tyler um, does, actually. Yeah. Yes. They both consider me their fairy No, now mom. when I give them their birthday presents, which is always money, I'm like, do you understand how much money I have given you? <laughs> Just don't forget about me whenever I'm in an old folks that's, home. Look, how that's, I, that's our agreement. That's totally our fine. agreement. That's like, totally it. Yeah. yeah. Just don't forget about this aunt, you know? So I don't know. Maybe they'll end up marrying and, you know. No, people always make the marriage. argument, I, what are you going to do? You don't have kids. Who is going to take care of you? It's like, you know, first of all, I have money. Yeah, same. Um, secondly, <laughs> um, there is no guarantee your children will ever take care Karen, of you. Karen, do you know how many times I've told this to people? We should just talk about yeah, this. You need to listen to the episode that she put out about not having children, and it's like I must I have listened to all the episodes. I have heard it was say. like the fourth episode. Okay, we definitely early. didn't have fancy schmancy equipment at that point, uh, but literally that was like when I was younger. That was the number one thing people asked me, and so then I just started to tell them, you know, each child is a million dollars, so that's what's going to take care of me, and then what you said. Is there a guarantee that your kids are going to take care of you? Um, no. There's and I not. know people whose kids do not take care yes. of Yes. So, you know, I didn't want them, and that wasn't a good enough reason for me to have them. But now it's funny when I see people that I'm in my 40s and they know, like, they all, like their kids are, you know, like 10 to 18 or whatever. I, I do get this comment more than, more than, like, ever. They look at me and they go, you must be so rich. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I do have, you know, a decent amount of disposable income because I don't have kids. But let me tell you what, my dogs are getting expensive. Dog food, Karen? Dogs. My dog is Oh, very if you want to talk about expensive dogs, please tell the listeners what you used to do for sweet, dear Frank. So I had a um, German short hair pointer, Frank. He lived to be almost 15. Oh, Okay. So on his 14th birthday, he had a party. And I don't mean a party with dogs. It was all the people in the neighborhood came. We had, it was catered with a hot dog cart and everything. Um, So then Frank got to be to a point where he had trouble walking. Mm. So I started giving him acupuncture. I didn't give him acupuncture. The wonderful Dr. Larry McCaskill at Jefferson Animal Hospital started giving him acupuncture which helped tremendously but you know it just it was a degenerative and he also went to the um, LSU vet school and went to have um, water therapy got in a treadmill underwater and everything and he w- and then he then he eventually got in a wheelchair like and, this dog had the life and um, he was a wonderful animal and he was just fantastic and he he had a wheelchair so when we go to LSU I'd bring him in and I'd just take him off his leash and he would walk to everybody's office and go see everybody he, I mean he was just he thought he was the big man so when Frank passed away Dr. Larry McCaskill who had been doing his acupuncture called me texted me the next day and said when are you coming to pick up your puppy because he had a lab who had had a litter and we'd been talking about me getting a puppy because Frank loved puppies and we thought it would help him and whatever. And I had another dog, Betsy Ross too. And, um, so I said, what do you mean? He said, this puppy's yours. And so the day after Frank died, I got beans cause I always wanted to have Frank and beans okay. and, um, and beans is not at all spoiled. Never. I haven't spoiled him at all. Right. No, no. So Just... he doesn't have, 14 beds and a special, you know, 
specially made kennel that looks like a piece of furniture. He doesn't have anything like that. <laughs> My husband would never do it. Like, he's, he can't believe how much dog food is right now. I'm like, we have to buy the dog's food, you know? My Beans is allergic to chickens who has to eat salmon food, so that's pricey. Okay, Beans is high maintenance. He is. He, you know, as long as you give him peanut butter and his dog food, he's fine. He's fine. And attention. What kind? Is he a lab? He's a black lab. Okay, so how old is Beans? He'll be nine in June. Oh, Beans. It's old. But he doesn't know. No, he no. doesn't know. He doesn't so know. acts like a puppy? Oh, yeah. yeah. So my German Shepherd that we had, she lived to nine, and she was starting to really slow down. But I have a miniature Schnauzer who's going to be 14. They live a long time. Oh, Pepper Skepper. We uh, <laughs> we have had surgery on a tumor on her leg. Oh, she yeah. has another tumor in her mouth. She's going blind. And she's like a 90-year-old woman who's stubborn as shit some She's days. cranky, cranky. Yeah. Some days she wants to be act like act like she's 30. <laughs> then the next day she's like, you know, she's like barely I like her. in it. Oh, yeah. She's, little, like she's a little She's spunky. got some attitude. She's got some too. Yeah, she doesn't like people when they walk. Like, <laughs> when we come over, she She'll look at crazy. Lainey for like a second and Lainey's like, hey. Like Rachel's done this before and she's like, hey, Pepper. And Pepper looks and all, she, all of a sudden she goes, <laughs> like you're in my house like she's not gonna bite him no but no. she's like uh this she's is like my- what are you doing it's like my friend katie told me one time when i was on facetime with her and i was showing her pepper and pepper was not listening and katie said that pepper's like bitch i let you live here <laughs> <laughs> i think that's pretty much yes. true yeah so anyway okay so karen what do you do <laughs> okay well other than bring us wine and brownies <laughs> Yeah, well, she's the best. One of the things I do is bake a lot, and okay. I give it all away. So I give it to people. I bring things to people. So um, I'm sort of that fairy godmother. Okay. Too. Uh, well, I went to law school, and um, I'm a lawyer. Okay. For almost 30 years, I was in-house counsel at Dow Chemical. Oh, okay. And in 2019, I got the opportunity to take a very early retirement. So I did that. Um, and, and then my plan was, I'm just going to travel all the time. Well, that was May of 2019. And we remember what happened at the end of 2019 Mm -hmm. and 2020. Um, and so my travel has not been as extensive as Mm -hmm. I would like it to be. But, um, I also joined a law firm and, um, but I do a very non-traditional law practice. I am a, um, essentially a lobbyist. Okay. And I only lobby on legal reform. Okay. I've always been curious about what a day in the life of a lobbyist is like. Okay. Like, when I think of lobbyists, this is so inaccurate. So, I am a non-traditional CPA because I work in the retirement industry. And American Retirement Association, or ARA, also has lobbyists. And I always just picture them on Capitol Hill being like, we want whatever it is. Well. Is that what you do? Well, so this is what I picture. My, it's like sort like of the, a sign. Sort yeah. of the same thing, but no signs. Um, <laughs> okay. We, uh, my tri- my law practice at Dow was extraordinarily traditional. I handled okay. multiple party litigation, complex class actions. Um, I mean, it, I was a litigator, and it was in you know in my heart and soul, and I loved it. But litigation is a young girl's game, mm. and uh, just because it is never ending mm. uh, you know lawsuits last 10 to 14 years <laughs> wow yeah i didn't know that. yeah um so you know big time lawsuits do they last forever Jeez, i want patience for that okay and so that there is you do have to have the patience and then there becomes it's just not it's i just got tired of that 
And um, I also did some other fun things, but I was a lobbyist when I was at Dow. So I, I started lobbying for legal reform. So let me bring you back. Before Laney was born, um, in 1995, Mike Foster was elected governor. I remember it was this. a big surprise. Don't worry. No. I was born at that point. Okay. I was like 14 years old. I vaguely remember all but of But it this. was a big surprise. Nobody saw Governor Foster being Yeah, I kind of remember this. And he won the election. And he won it. And he said, I'm going to change the legal system. He, didn't, he had been sued a lot in his business. Oh. And he didn't like the way the legal system worked. So I, at the time had just started lobbying like a couple of years before that. And I only did it a little bit at a time, but only on legal issues because that's all I know. And um, I was the chairman of LABI, the Louisiana Association mm-hmm. of Business and Industries, mm-hmm. at that time called the Liability Task Force. And they asked me to be the chair and they said, look, next year is a fiscal only session. There won't be anything about legal reform. So you can kind of get your feet wet and understand it. And then the next year, hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I had a full practice at Dow as this was on the on the side. So I said, okay, well, woe be unto us. <laughs> Governor Foster had a different idea. So in 1996, he called, he gets elected in 95. He gets sworn in in January of 96. And in March or April of that year, he calls a special session. And I don't know what you know about that, but a governor calls a special session, and it's he says it's a call. That's what they call it. And it lists out what's going to be taken up at that session. And the legislature cannot take up anything but that. What do you mean take up, like talked about? They can't file any other bills. They can't discuss it. Everything has to be limited to what's in the call. So... A lot of people don't realize the Louisiana governor is one of the most powerful governors in terms of managing the legislature. Hmm. So that's one of the ways they do it. Okay. So they have a call. This call comes out and Governor Foster says, we're doing these three things. We're eliminating punitive damages. We're eliminating strict liability. And we're going to have um, a comparative fault system. I'm trying not to talk too much legalese, but essentially punitive damages, you know, are what we call exemplary damages. They make an za- example of someone who d- does something egregious. Okay. So it's money over and above, like, your cost that you've lost for losing jo- work or medical expenses or something like that. It's it's a it's to punish you. That's why it's called punitive. So it's to say, if you're a bad actor and you do something really, really bad, we're going to give the person was injured and they broke their leg. And they had, you know... They lost two weeks of work, and and they had $25,000 in medical bills, and we're going to give you $300 million because you're a bad actor. Okay. So it's a, it's a punitive effect. So Governor Foster said, we're getting rid of that. Well, I said, y'all haven't done this before. And they said, oh, well, it's no problem. You know, it's a whole team effort. Everybody's going to get together. Well, it was, a, uh, it was quite a session. And we did everything he wanted to do because I've never been through another session like this, but essentially we had the bills, they were on the floor, and we would have to figure out who was going to vote for or against. And if they were going to vote against, we had to tell the governor. And he, and you could say, the governor's assistant would say, who do I, does he need to call? And you'd be standing at the back of the legislature, and he, you'd see the phone ring on their desk because that's before cell phones. Well, I mean, we had them in a car. We just didn't carry them around all the time. And you'd see the phone ringing at that legislator's desk, and he'd pick up his phone. 
this thing? And you'd say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so he would tell him he needed to vote for it? Yeah, or something bad was going to happen to him. I mean, essentially, I wasn't on the phone, but that's what would happen. Is that legal? Yeah, absolutely. That's what lobbying is, but that's lobbying by a governor. So you ask what happens in the oh, life. that's what lobbying is? Can be threatening sometimes. It also right. can be persuasive, right? Oh, okay. And so persuasive. mostly it's persuasive. But when a governor does that. He can I, do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. And I've seen other governors go down on the floor and tap people on the shoulder and say, can we have a talk kind of thing. And you don't know what they're saying, but then you see the votes come out. So you can and he's just At this point, he's just trying to get majority, right? Right. Or and we had votes that were like 50 to 50. Okay. So, so wait, I want to talk about this punitive damage thing. Does okay. that rule still exist? It does, only in very limited occasions. Um, there's still punitive damages for drunk drivers. Okay. Um, for molestation of children. Okay. And I'm not going to remember all of them, but they're very limited and, and closely drawn things. Okay. Um, but the, oh, there used to be just like, you file a lawsuit and you ask for punitive wild, damages. Wild West. Yeah. You could yeah. get, get whatever Correct. you wanted. Okay. And so we got rid of that. Okay. Um, so the bill. That sounds like a good thing. No, I, I from a business perspective, which is where I always look, um, it was a really good. Because but what then happened was you had extortion going on yeah. in these lawsuits. And, yeah. I mean, extortion, not really, not legally extortion, but people saying, well, we've got a suit for this and this and this and punitive damages, so let's settle for X. If they don't have the punitive damages piece, they can't say, well, let's settle for X times whatever. You know, they can say, uh, here's what we lost and here's this. And we've been out the money for two years because the suit's been pending. So we need some interest. You know, those kind of calculations as okay. opposed to okay. the I wild, wild west. Calculations. Yeah. I knew that that would go. I knew that would fit in your mind. It would. Yeah. I mean, I like some proof, you yeah. know. Proof and, and evidence and calculations. Yes. Those, okay. And that's what you want. That's what the business community really does want is let us know what we could be responsible for. Yeah. So we can be prepared. We yeah. can have the right so amount of see, insurance. We can have $10,000. You don't get slapped for a lawsuit for a million. Exactly. Well, a million dollars back in those days was a lot. Today, that's not a big lawsuit. Do, is Louisiana a litigious state? Extraordinarily. Okay. Thought so. I, did, you, did you like the, did you like my use of very that? Very nice. nice. I've tried. I've had to learn a few things as a business owner, Karen. Right, and and as a business owner, you understand you need surety in what you're doing. You want to know what is going on and what you're responsible for. Anytime somebody calls me with questions on my engagement letter service agreement, I know the exact paragraph they want to talk about. It's the indemnification clause. Of course. They don't like that. I didn't even know what that meant the first time that somebody asked me about I'm quite, it. I'm quite an expert on indemnification clauses. <laughs> oh, boy. I've had more conversations with people. They're like, this is kind of one-sided, Melissa. I kind of want to be like, well, no shit. That's <laughs> what it is. I have to protect myself. What, what does yours look like? Because it probably looks the same. Yes. You know? Every, Sorry, there's does. My language. If they're in a business, there yes, does. Of course. That's why I hired if they have a If right. they have a lawyer, then it does. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, but there was an effort at some point to get rid of indemnification clauses and contracts. And I was involved in that fight, too. Oh, okay. I, I, I've had a lot of experiences. Um, and so those things were, that was a big fight. So you, let's go back. You asked me what happens in the day of a lobbyist. I guess it sort of depends on what they do. But um, so there are lobbyists who are employed by companies. 
there are independent lobbyists who have their own clients. But you're always there looking for your client's interest. Mm-hmm. So even though a lot of lobbyists are not lawyers, there's sort of a kinship to what a lawyer does in terms of this is what my client needs and I'd like you to do this. But Because like I had a friend who worked um, at AT&T and she mm-hmm. was a lobbyist mm-hmm. for AT&T and I thought, what do you do? Not that they don't do stuff. I just am very ignorant to that. So again, I was I was thinking she would be at the Capitol with yeah. a sign. I mean, that's what I think of, like picketing. No, and uh, frankly, lobbyists are not ha- not really not fans of signs or people who come in with t-shirts or stickers because they okay. sort of get away from the factual part. You know, the, it's, it's probably kind of distracting. It's distracting. Yeah, right? it's probably people. I mean. It would be so much It's the people's house and people need to go. And I'd love, I'd love for people to go and see the process. But when you get called to session, I feel like those can last a long time. Okay. In Louisiana, we have different sessions. So this year, it's an odd number year. Odd number years are fiscal only sessions. Now that's a misnomer because every legislator can file five bills that are not fiscally related. They can file unlimited amount of bills that are fiscally related. But when they went, and I, this was before my time, when they went to a fiscal session and then the next year being a general session, that was the concession to them to allow them to get business taken care of in years that were not fiscal. Lainey, is this how you feel in our department meetings? Well, I haven't been to one of those in a long time, but that is probably how I felt the in the lingo. first one. Did that not make any sense? I'm following Karen. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm learning actually a new vocabulary at It this is. Moment. There's a very big vocabulary. Yeah. There. Okay. But oh, so, it's not so you. This it's is why me. she's really good at the Wordle that she still plays <laughs> that I make fun of that y'all still do. We love Wordle. What's wrong with Wordle? I just feel like it's past its time, but our group message, our family That's group message. That's because you are still a whatever it. gin, I don't know, what, Zinger. And gin Q. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gin Star. I don't know what they're going to start calling people. <laughs> and y'all are impatient. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, it, it's I fun. And my brain needs that kind of. I like that. Words and letters and those yeah. kinds of things work the way my, I need my brain to work. And so it's just, and her dad and I do it. And so she gets, she feels this. But no, I think that I, I think that I can attribute a lot to you for me having a pretty decent vocabulary um, because I just grew up around you using big words. Yes. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Every once in a while, I like to throw out a big, like, lawyer term to me. You she said litigious a little. She was the aunt that growing up, I remember being at our life. grandmother's house, and she made us put a dollar in a jar every time we said, like, unnecessarily. Oh, no. Ooh, that's one of my Is really that a pet, pet peeve? peeve. Oh, yeah. How many times have I said it? I'm pretty sure. I haven't that. noticed you oh, saying okay. it. Okay. You're not, you know, no, I haven't. No, no, no. You know, there's plenty of people who. Well, I was listening back at the podcast from last week, and I must have said the word so. Did you notice that? How many times I said the word so? It was no. like in a, in a two-minute time period. I think I said it 20 times. I don't know. I was like, so? So? So, so you're, you're experiencing what lawyers experience when they read the first deposition they do. Because mm. when you read in words what you've said, while you're in the course of thinking and processing yes. and asking questions, you realize how many times you have a word like so or like or whatever the word is that's your mental pause so that you can get to the next word. Gotcha. Okay. And so that's, we have that. And it new lawyers, and if any new lawyers listen to this, they're going to laugh, but new lawyers will go, I didn't know I sounded like this. And you do. Mm-hmm. But it's not something you 
it's just, it's, not, it's, un, it's a subconscious, right? Right. It's just, it's a little pause that your brain's giving you to get to the next word or your next thought. Okay. Gotcha. So do not feel like well, you're Well, I'm also not a that. professional podcaster. You you're know? getting to be one though. You do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really impressed. <laughs> it's because I threw out the word litigious, Karen. There you go. <laughs> and indemnify. And because Lainey's told me all the great things about you. Oh, Lainey. Yeah. Lainey's great. Lainey is great. Um, anyway, so a lobbyist does a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of... Um, is there a lot of research? Some people. Oh, okay. Like any other profession, some people are way better than others. Gotcha. As, okay. as you can imagine. Uh-huh. I've experienced that. Okay. Um, but this is an excellent time to talk about this. Friday was the last day for them to file bill, bills for the legislature, for the session that starts on April the 10th. So as of 5 p.m. Friday, and I don't know how many it is, I've looked at some of them, all the bills had to be filed. So every lobbyist you know, and I'm saying so, now you're making me very conscious of it. Every lobbyist you know has gotten those bills and started looking for what affects my clients. And this, this is before the bill is passed. Oh, yes. Okay, sorry. I'm, this I is mean, before the session even begins. The session's not begun till next Monday. So these are the proposed bills. They are bills. Do they ever get heard? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Um, this just sounds so I always think of the I'm like, Just a Bill song from Schoolhouse Rock. It is totally accurate. <laughs> so, th- but this makes me think, This again, this is why I wouldn't have patience to do this. I would be like... You'd be ready for some action. I'd be like, nothing happened. Why have I been working Typically, so hard? Typically, a bill does get hurt. Okay, I'm just saying. It will die in committee many times. Oh, good Lord. That's so defeating, Karen. Well, many of them need to die. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you think sometimes people just come up with random crap to put in a bill? You're I'm taking a- the fifth on Okay, so <laughs> I will just go. I, I will say this. So, you know, in the retirement industry... There's all kinds of crap that comes down from Congress. Secure 2.0 was just passed. Thank you, whoever decided to pass that, because that is a logistical nightmare for some business owners, honestly, some of this stuff. And I always think, who is thinking of this stuff? But they're 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 definitely thinking of what is the concept of the bill and what are we trying to accomplish, but not, not who it affects and, and how, how are we going to get there. It. Just it, telling you. Get I totally that. agree that happens. I used to tell my mother, my dear departed mother, who was a teacher, that teachers got what they deserved at the legislature because they would come down to lobby, but when that bell would ring at 3 o'clock, they they'd haul their butt out of there, right? And if you do not, if there's something going on that is going to affect you, carry your butt down there. Mm-hmm. Write an email to your... Patrick, are you listening to this? Patrick... Patrick the, Torito, the, uh, this, is your, this is your call out. Oh, Patrick, he gets so mad about how the lights aren't synced in Baton Rouge. Well, that's a, that's a city council thing. And it, but oh, I, he's written them. He's written to city council. I love he Patrick is, already. He has called them. He has emailed them. So, what, so the question about lo, what do lobbyists do, lobbyists have clients who have interest. And clients who have interest say, can we get a bill passed that does XYZ. But are their clients most of the time big, like public service? No. no. Okay. I mean, what would Falcon Winkler be a client? Well, of you lobbyist? already have a lobbyist because you're a member of the CPA Association. Oh. And the CPAs are represented by some of the finest lobbyists I know. 
Hope they're, hope they're listening. Winning. Um, and they they have, you must not be on a legislative committee. Well, no, Karen, because I do a gajillion other things. Uh, no, no, but I, some people get groped into that, okay? Oh, no, I'm, I'm very good at boundaries. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but there are members of your profession who are members of the CPA Association, and they are members of a legislative committee okay. within the CPA Society. They, they have the same thing for ASPA. For the okay. ARA. They, they have, have everything. everything. For, everybody, every association, every business community hmm. have associations. They have legislative committees who sit down with their lobbyists and lawyers, typically, and they review bills. In fact, bill review is going on right now at several people's houses, offices that I know of. So you start looking at bills and does this affect us? Is this, does this, is this a problem that we have in terms of a greater idea? our concept. The job I'm doing right now, I represent a coalition of businesses that believe that there are too many lawsuits in the state of Louisiana. That's probably right. I mean, that there is a need to do some reform. Okay. We also know that there's a lot of lawyers in the legislature. And a lot of them don't like the idea of legal reform. Oh. Can you, okay, question. Yes. Uh, what exact, okay, legal reform to me would be reforming something that is already in place. That is, it can be mean, it can mean that. So what exactly are we trying to reform? Can you say? Yeah, sure. Um, Were you wondering that, Lainey? Or are you, do you I know, know some, already? I know a okay. bit from some personal I'm gonna stances that I'm going to show my, my ignorance to this a little bit. My husband's either going to be very impressed with me asking these questions or embarrassed. No, that's a very legitimate question. Uh, or I'm just going to be like, it's legal reform. <laughs> it used to be called host. tort reform. And you may have heard tort. that. Tort. I feel like I heard that word in business law. Tort? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tort is oh God, sorry, tort is a legal wrong that causes harm to someone else. Okay, that's right. That used to be the term that was used. Now it's either called civil justice reform or legal reform because it's not just torts. It's okay. not just to talk about how are lawsuits gone awry in terms of people who are injured. There's contractual issues. There's all kinds of things that need to be looked at. Uh, class actions, whatever. There's... Um, there are large groups in the, you know, in the United States that handle this. And we work with those groups. At a, from the state level, we work with the national people to try and look at what's the issues, what are the issues in Louisiana that are aligned with the issues in the rest of the states. Um, litigation costs, excessive litigation costs, cost every one of us. You, me, everybody. There, and there's there's some there's a new study that's coming out, and we're gonna have um, a luncheon in May that we would love for you two to come to, where the chief judge of the First Circuit Court of Appeal in, in Baton Rouge is going to be our speaker about what, how can you engage to be be involved in legal? And I know y'all are busy, but free lunch at the City Club. Um, and this, but this is going to be a report. Um, that's coming out. Essentially, the co- the report says that it costs every human being, not adult, every human being in Louisiana pays twelve hundred dollars a year in a tort tax. Now, how do 
where did that number come from? It comes because businesses have to pay the cost for lawsuits, Mm -hmm. judgments, settlements, increased insurance, whatever it costs, and they pass that on to the consumer. So that's the number that they've come up with, that that's the cost that affects you. Mm-hmm. Laney, Missy, mm-hmm. Karen, mm-hmm. everybody. That's a pretty big number. It is. A, I mean, like, that's a lot. That's a substantial amount of money, at least in my opinion. Well, no, it is. That's a big number. $100 a month. That's a, exactly. So uh, you pay $100 a month extra in your cost of everything you do business. When I pay, when I buy something at a store, or I pay my CPAs, or I pay my lawyers, or I pay anybody, they have a cost of doing business, and that's increased because of the cost of losses. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the kind of thing that my group is trying to get out there. Look, this doesn't just affect Dow Chemical Mm -hmm. or ExxonMobil. This affects everybody's business. It affects Falk and Winkle. Mm -hmm. And everybody that can't that has increased cost because of this, can't hire more people. You know, the, the downstream effects of those kinds of costs are significant. Yes. Um, Louisiana has been consistently named one of the worst judicial hellholes in the United States for the last, I can't tell you how many years. This, this year we're named number seven. Oh, okay. We dropped out of the top five. <laughs> but within the top ten. What an achievement. What an achievement. Um <laughs> In 2019, the United States Chambers Institute for Legal Reform named Louisiana the 49th worst legal. There's somebody below us. I can't remember who it is. It's Mississippi or Arkansas. Know, somebody, but let's let it be Mississippi or Arkansas. Maybe Alabama, but it's right here in the South. I promise you that. Not it's far. A, it's a neighbor. Not far. Um, this is something that we have been dealing with. Like I said, since I started doing this in 1996, consistently you push forward and then push back. Um, the governor, current governor, is not a fan of this. And um, we have a gubernatorial election coming up this year, mm-hmm. in case you hadn't okay, noticed wait, that. So wait, let me make sure again. So he's not a fan, and I'm just saying this factually, he's not a fan of legal reform. Correct. Okay. He has vetoed some bills. Mm. Um, and when you, going back to what does a lobbyist do, you have to assess whether you can pass a bill or not. Gotcha. Sometimes you say, I'm going to put it out there knowing I can't pass it, but it's partly an educational because you're working toward two years from now or whenever when maybe there's a different governor who might have a different mindset. Gotcha. Okay. Or, uh, sometimes that's your assessment. Gotcha. Okay. Sometimes your assessment is, this is not the time to do that. Okay. Because of something that's going on in the world politic, of politics or something that's going on that, you know, a bad event that happened. When the BP oil spill happened in 2013. Uh, I remember that, but no, I don't remember the longer year. ago than that. Yeah, I think it was. Maybe, I don't remember what year it happened. <laughs> Those I things. feel like I was. In college, which would be 2000 to 2005. Okay. Does that sound a little bit more reasonable? Maybe, maybe it was, a little bit maybe after that. 2007, okay. 2009. But when that happened, all of a sudden, everything focused was on that. And it was a terrible event, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. 
But if someone had come to me and said, we need to file a bill that says X, Y, Z about something that would have been involved in that, I would have said, Okay, gotcha. <laughs> you can't do that now. Now's a bad time. Okay. Wait on that. What, that's one of the major things lobbyists do. Take, Put your finger in the air, test the temperature, which way is the wind blowing. And is this is this something that we can pass? If you make that decision, you go to a legislator and say, I have this bill. I have this idea for a bill. Can we work together to write a bill that does X, Y, or Z? They'll say yes or they'll say no. But you don't typically go ask somebody, you know who you're dealing with, so you go to ask the people who say yes. They'll put a bill in the hopper for you. It's kind of fun. It is. It's fascinating and I like it's fun. To, I like to be persuasive. And then, not threatening, though. Right, totally not threatening. Persuasive. Right, totally persuasive. They, they file the bill. It gets assigned to a committee. And then you start working. You talk to the legislators who are on the committee. You tell them why this is important Mm -hmm. or what it does or how it helps. Now, remember, when you file that bill or the legislator files that bill for you, people on the other side of that are reading that bill and going, hallelujah, somebody's going to hire me to fight against this, Mm -hmm. right? It is a very back and forth situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's not fun. I like to get my way. You're not the only one that gets to talk. That's the thing. (laughs) Oh, Karen. Well, there we go. They just crushed my hopes and dreams of ever becoming a lobbyist. Just like Lainey said from the Schoolhouse Rock, so the bill goes to committee. And if it gets out of committee, it goes to the floor. And that's in one house. So either the Senate or the House. And then you've got to work the whole floor. You've got to talk to all the legislators. You get your friendly lobbyists that agree on the issue to help you. And everybody talks and you count. Am I going to win this one? Are we going to pass it or not? Sometimes you know you're not, but you want them to, you want to force a vote to see where they're going to come out. But sometimes you just say, we can't do it and just put it on the table and never move it. But the most impressive thing to me is when real people, non-lobbyists, mm-hmm. decide that they're interested in an issue. Mm. And, we try to work with people like that because it is more persuasive for Missy, who are your husband, who is passionate about something, to say, will you come and testify on that? Oh, Patrick, you need to go do that. Like a passionate citizen. Yes. That's what we it need. Is the, passionate. I always tell me she should run for office. It is the most persuasive thing that a legislator hears. Really? So They, when they hear us all the time. Yeah, when they testify, do they just get asked questions? Are they like cross-examined? They can be. Oh, geez. But it's not really cross-examination like we lawyers do. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you what, Karen. Every uh, law firm I go to that's a client, I mean, I leave sweating. I'm like, I've just been cross-examined. <laughs> I finally told the guys that uh, at one of them, I said, are y'all practicing your cross-examination? I mean, this is just a retirement plan. Like, one cannot help it. One they, cannot they literally help cannot. It. They look at me and, what are you going to do about this, Melissa? And I'm like, <laughs> I've never been on a stand. I've never had to testify. But think about it. If you're, a if you're a legislator who hears in your ear all the time from lobbyists and people, you have to establish trust with legislators. If they, if you ever, I tell people, you ever tell them a lie, you're never getting a bill passed. Mm. You, you have yeah. to establish a trust relationship there. But you, once you do, if you can bring somebody who's a human being as a, a regular citizen to testify. The little people. Well, even big people sometimes uh, big wigs go, but they're the they're the they're the voice of voters, and 
not that I don't vote because I'm a pretty chronic voter, but they know where I stand. So let's hear where somebody who else stands. Mm -hmm. And that's a very persuasive way to do it. Mm. In very controversial issues, I'm going to say the A word, abortion, Mm -hmm. for example, when an abortion bill is up, that's not something I'm ever involved in. But there's hundreds of people. Yeah, people are pretty passionate about that one. Right, and and that that has an effect on how a legislator's going to vote. Gotcha. So when real people come, people listen. It's like E.F. Hutton used to be. Wasn't that the E.F. Hutton? Oh, y'all are too young to remember those advertisements. I don't know. It was a, there was a brokerage firm that they would say when they talked, people listen. But I don't. I think it was a real car, but that's a long time ago. So that's what we do. We talk to legislators. We try to find out what's good for our clients. Um, we talk to them about how that affects business or how it affects the legal system or how it affects whatever. It's it's a very interactive process. It's, it is interesting. It's very interesting. Um, it also is very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, see, like, that's where I would be like, wait, y'all didn't just do what I wanted. Okay, my persuasiveness didn't work, and now I have to wait, and it's going to bounce all over the place. Mm. Remember that those people are all elected, right? And they're elected from different areas of the state. True. And different areas of the state have different mindsets. North Louisiana is nothing like New Orleans. And their legislators have to listen to their constituents and say, I can't vote for that or I have to vote for that. Gotcha. Depend. Those are the kinds of things you have to take into account. You can't get angry if someone votes the way their constituency wants because that's what they're supposed to do. Right. That's they're why they were represented. elected. Yeah, they're representing them right. to an extent. Right. right. Okay. Okay. So you are a retired attorney that is now a lobbyist. I'm not, I'm not really a retired attorney. I'm still an attorney. I'm I'm a partner in a law firm. And this is all I do. You retired from a law firm and now you're a partner? No, I retired from Dow Chemical. I went to, I joined a law firm. Bienvenue Bonica's Vitor and Foco and Vitor. Let me say their name because they won't get mad at me. Um, Like try saying that a bunch of times. Yeah. Okay. So you're a partner over there. You might know Dawn Bonica's. Sounds familiar. She's 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 a tax attorney, and she she's one of my partners. But anyway, but all I do is this. I that's I only have one client. And that's what yeah. I but do. see, if I retired, I'm not going to go be a partner somewhere else. Um. So I'm impressed. I can't sit at home all the time. Oh no, I would go. There's only so much she can bake. I can only bake so much. I understand this, but you know, I would <laughs> walk go, the dog and I'd do. go give my I'd go on my public speaking. Uh, yes, tour. this is true. <laughs> Okay, I think that you got to find something to do because. But I would also. She read. also used to say she would I open a, a bookshop with a shoe store inside. I would do and, that too. And a bar. And a bar. And a bar. I would you do that a in a minute. Do you follow I read the a lot. Louisiana ladies? What we um, read for our book of the. I month? added her to the Goodreads. I'm account. on the Goodreads oh, list, but I need to update typic- that. I do it. Lady Daps. I've typically read what y'all are reading. Okay, you've already read it. You mean. Most of the time. Okay, well, Karen, whenever we ask for, I mean, are you on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Okay, so whenever we do a poll and we ask for book suggestions. We haven't done that in a while. I haven't seen a poll. Well, I'm just telling you in case we do it again. <laughs> you can you can just Even though I do, we do requests. have the year pretty much mapped out. Yeah. So go me and Lainey. The There's first, a book that you need to do. What is it? It's, not, uh, it's called, I have some questions for you. 
It's on the. That's it, the name of the book. I have some questions for you. Okay. And it's on the New York Times bestseller list right now. Um, I I got it the day it came out. My friends, <laughs> my friends James and Terry Highfield at Red Stick Reads, who oh, are buddies. They're, they're my buddies too, and uh, that's where I get all my books. Shout out to James and Terry. Yes, yes. they're the best. They are awesome. Um, so James got it for me before the release oh, date. This one, okay. Let me see. It. Okay, this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, Karen. Wait, let's talk about this. Can one. I even see this? Yes, I almost added it. So there is a girl. I don't know her. I follow her on Instagram. I think it's called like Beach Reads and Bubbly or something is her Instagram account. And she read this and she said she didn't really like it's it. It's about a successful podcaster. So, but I, is it, do you think it's one of those books people really like or they don't like? You don't get on the New York Times bestseller list without well, it. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Karen, it only has 3.84 stars oh. on Goodreads. Okay. She said. It. She said those people don't have taste. No, no, no. no that's, but no, I literally was. Re, I was re looking at this this weekend. Rebecca Mackay is her name. Right? Yeah, I can say it on here. We just had our um, another one of our Falcon Winkler babies. I'm not sure why I got the oh, pictures, but nice. thanks, Lay, for sending me the picture. That's the last one. No. Nope. <laughs> okay, yes. Oh, look at him in his Falcon Winkler shirt. Oh, what's the baby's name? Jolie. 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 They're going to call her JoJo, and their last name is Jones. JoJo Jones. I love it. I met Eloise today. She's five pounds, yeah. four ounces. We have talked about the baby boom here at Falcon I've, Winkler. I've, there there I've talked about in the water. We and have that at Bienvenue Bonica. Yeah, too. no, and so Melissa started drinking bottled water, because if I had a child now, the entire trajectory of my life would be completely changed. Yes, But this book... Okay, loved it. Rebecca, yes, I loved it. Rebecca Mackay wrote another book called The Great Believers, which was on the short list for the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, I need to email. Um, I don't read. Some, um, like serious books? No, I do read some serious books, but I don't read romance. I don't read sci-fi. I read a lot of historical stuff. Oh, have you read Lilac Girls? I have it on my books. That, my, yeah, I was going to ask because that um, was our March book. I mean, I, I have it on my it was, nightstand. It was not a light read. Okay, I have it on my nightstand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one. I um, read a lot of historical fiction. Okay, have you read Pillars of the Earth? Yes, of course. All of the all of the Ken Follett series, of course. Definitely. How many times do I talk about that series? Only all the time. When we had Michelle Bolden, she was like, "Ooh, that was deep, Melissa." It is so great. I was like, "But it was fascinating." This. Asked Lainey yesterday. We were at my friend's house watching the. The basketball game. I'm getting way off. We're at the. Oh basket- no, we don't follow. Uh, this we, is a podcast we, with no we agenda. We have talked about lobbying, and we have right. accomplished okay. that. So let's talk about books. Yeah, we I talk um, about fun stuff. I um, I needed to go home and let the feed the dog and let him out. And Lainey was bar- was parked um, behind me, uh, and so I said, "Lainey, just run me to the house because it's only three blocks away." And so we went. Lainey was turned around. We went the long way around, which happened to be the reason there was a reason we should have. We were coming down Hundred Oaks. And I said, Lainey, look at that. Lainey said at first, look at that corgi. Look, there's a corgi. And I said, that dog's not supposed to be out here. But then she goes into, she is dog mom mode. She was like, we got to do something Put the car in park. I'm getting out. And I was like, that dog's about to walk in the street and cars are coming. And so I was like, no, we're stopping traffic. We're going to get this dog. Because the dog was crossing the street. So it looked, well, it was right in front of another one of your podcast um, people. Chelsea. Chelsea Blankenship's house. Oh, yeah. Um, And she... It, I was like, I wonder, Chelsea doesn't have a dog, but I wonder. So her little girl, she and her little girl, Charlie, get Joe come out. And 
We'd like getting the dog across the street, and I'm telling people, go around. She's so, literally doing the like stop, put her arms out in the middle of Hundred Oaks. I stopped traffic, <laughs> and we dog. got the dog whose name was Olive, but they call it Cheeto. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. Shout either. out, Chelsea. Chelsea, there you go. And so I have a little free library in my front yard, and they walk up and down there. And Charlie Joe said, "Hey, are you the library lady?" I said, "Yeah, Miss Karen." You're the library lady. I said, I'll, t- I'll take it. I've been called much yeah, worse. Exactly. Exactly. But Lainey said that's why we got she got turned around. It was so that we could say Cheeto or yes. Olive. Yes. I mean, hey, doing good things. I also good said things. there are much worse things to be called than the library lady. So, you know, that's a good. I have been called much worse <laughs> things than the library lady. I have also been called much worse. I li- I, one of my sayings is be known by your enemies. Y- yes, I could see that. I don't know if I've had. I mean, I probably have some enemies out there. I just am not aware of them. It just goes with it goes with the territory. It t- kind of sometimes goes with being the boss. Yeah, goes with the territory. You know? I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I have lots of people who are not my enemies, so I'm okay. Yeah. They outweigh the enemy. I uh, I am who I am, and sometimes I think I told Lainey this last week. I'm like, you know, sometimes I say what I say because it needs to be said. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Look, this is why I'm so thankful that you were both such positive empowering influences in my life and when i whenever like you know because you know i'm i am a boss and sometimes i have to have uncomfortable candid conversations and i'm not trying to be mean but like i think about these things right i don't just like offhandedly right and so sometimes people get a little stunned by what i say and i'm like but it needed to be said because if it wasn't said you wouldn't know and i wouldn't be doing my job as your correct but i i also believe adults need to be able to take on situations that are not comfortable. Right? But most people don't do that. Oh, so non-confrontation. Non-confrontation. Yeah. We are going to avoid confrontation at all costs, and we are going to stick our head in the sand, which I like to call the ostrich effect. Of course. And hope that it goes away. Newsflash listeners, it, it doesn't, doesn't go, go away. away. <laughs> right. I actually was just on a call today about um, one of our – Clients wants me to come and talk about leadership, which I'm super passionate about. And she's like, these just, it's a, it's a younger group and they don't want to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the problem's not going to go away. Nope. The employee is not going to just wake up, wake up one day and be like, you know what? I really think that I need to start doing this. Actually, my behavior is going to take a total 180. Yes. I mean, what did I tell you last week, Lainey? And you said, I'm going to write it down. We can't change people and it's not our responsibility to change people. <laughs> Absolutely. I, one of the what jobs I want in the boundaries book. Boundaries, yeah. boundaries. One of the th- one of the, one of my clients at Dow was human resources, as you can imagine. Oh yeah, in a large facility, you you, you run into just about everything. Everything. But I, it was I, it was fascinating, and some of my very best friends still are my clients that were there. But there was I never cut any slack. I can't cut any slack. I mean. For, that's adulthood, lawyerhood, bosshood, whatever. Yeah. All of those things go together, and you if something needs taken care of, you have to take care of it. Yeah. And it's not always pleasant. No. It's very many times not pleasant. It is extraordinarily uncomfortable at times. Um, and that's where I was telling this, uh, this client today, I said, this isn't the perfect solution to leadership, but the sooner you can set expectations for people and hold them accountable to those expectations, Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's like, okay, this is what I expect you to do and have it written down, whatever. I won't go into a whole diatribe about that, but I've made that mistake. I mean, I've learned before, right? Where I've gone into my boss's office and I'm like, no one's doing what I'm telling them to do. And he's like, did you tell them? Did you tell them? And I'm like, no, because of course I think that they would do what I do. Read your mind, do what you exactly. 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 I've I've learned that lesson real quick by thinking that everybody has the same judgment as I yeah. do. Or, Newsflash, they or don't. mindset. Yeah. Or mentality. And, and that's what makes the world go. Or morals or whatever. It yeah, doesn't exactly. mean that one is better than the other. It just means that some But it means you have to people, communicate some those people expectations. inherently can kind of read the room and figure it out. Others have to be told and then they can do it. You know? Right. And again, sometimes I feel like I can read the room and then I read the room totally wrong. So there's not always, you know, this perfect. Try jury something. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> People never do what you expect them to do. That is. I've been on a kick lately. So true, Karen. <laughs> so y'all know, y'all both know I'm not a big TV person. But I have somehow got into watching Survivor, like mm. watching old seasons. I'm u- using your Hulu account to do so. But, um, <laughs> and Fairy it is so ding. fascinating because it is like yeah. they, I mean, to win this game, you have to kind of betray these deceptive. people, but also be friends so that they vote for you to win at the end. It's very fascinating. I feel like it's kind of like politics. It all started because I got, I started getting this girl's TikToks and she was on Survivor yeah. and talking about her experience. Well, you know what show we watch and it just, the new season just came out. Ted Lasso? Oh, well, oh, well that you one. talked about that before. And, sh- okay, hold on. This isn't what I was going to say, but Shrinking is by the same producer. Oh, I heard that was good. Yeah. <gasps> Y'all. Oh, I just love that. Okay, anyway, so, but Succession. I don't have Showtime. I don't have. Apple I don't TV know what plus. we have. I know that we have a lot of crap succession that we don't is, need. <laughs> succession is on Showtime. Okay, I mean, I don't know. Patrick does that, that he's responsible for that. Patrick, are you on Showtime? Yeah, so <laughs> Succession is the most. <laughs> It is a show that I am like, I trust no one. It's about a dad that started a business and he's this billionaire and then he's got his kids and who's going to take over the business. And I'm like, I'll be watching. I'm like, wait, that's not what she said like five minutes ago. I'm like, I don't believe anything that's coming out of these See, I don't watch shows like that. I watch PBS shows. I do a lot of PBS and and, uh, Call the Midwife, which is heartbreaking, but I watch it and all the the, – Jane Austen stuff. Well, I mean, really, I really want a 30-minute show. 20 minutes would be better because I don't have an attention span. Succession is like a good hour kind of like – I mean, that's like – that's a commitment. So whenever I don't have a lot of time, we watch Ted Lasso or – sometimes Ted Lasso can be kind of long, but that one's still good. Yeah, I've watched a couple of episodes. I love Ted. I didn't fall into it. I did. I didn't think I would. Like Parks and Rec, I'll watch that a million times. Same. I loved Parks and Rec. Uh, Schitt's Creek still goes down to, you know, can't get into it. Didn't, I didn't. They took it off of Netflix, which was so sad. Did you like Schitt's Creek? Yes. I like a short show. Hold on. Here's the thing. So Patrick told me that I wasn't going to like Schitt's Creek because the humor is like slapstick comedy or whatever, which some of it was. But why? And I've said this before. So sorry, listeners. I'm repeating myself about Schitt's Creek. But I fell in love with those characters after the yeah. first season. And I think that's what you have to do and, to and become And once you fell in love with them yeah. and then it ended, I was like crying. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I don't want this to end. And it was 20 minutes. Yeah, that's why I like <laughs> so, it. I mean, it's I like 20 it. minutes an episode. Your attention span was good enough for that. It was, I can do 20 minutes. Well, oh, yeah. you know, I'm trying to read 52 books in a year, Karen, and I work, you know, and so. Well, when you retire, you can read a lot more every day. So my day to, if I'm not working, the three months a year I work during legislative session, um, and literally then, live in the dream and and then what I work you know a few hours a week but whenever I want to um not it, three out three months is 
is an exaggeration. I do work more than that. I get paid to do work, but it's not like a full-time hey, job. no judgment here. I would love to work three months. But it's not a full-time job that I do all the time. But during the legislative session, it's pretty much full-time. But my t- typical day is I wake up 8 o'clock. I get... Yeah, I know. That is not how my life was when I worked at Dow because I was off early and gone all day. So I worked... I get up. That's why I got the sunrise alarm clock because I, I didn't, didn't need, need it anymore. anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, and and then I get up and I take a bath and read all my, you know, go through my puzzles and all the stuff I got to do in the morning. And then I eat some breakfast and maybe go for a walk and then whatever else I got to do that day. And then, but by one thirty, two o'clock, it is time to read and take a nap. This sounds like the perfect day. It is the perfect day. And I mean, I'm, 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 I cannot tell you how grateful I am that it is an opportunity that I have. I worked for Dow for so long and I lucked into a defined benefit pension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, yeah, people after me don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and, and since I do work in the retirement world, there's not a lot of defined benefit plans out there anymore. Nope. But or they went belly up. But I get my check every month. Yeah. Uh, so this is why when people, when I tell people that I want to retire and I was saying this last week when my calendar was literally jam packed, I'm just uh, listeners. I was a boundaries fraud, but you know what? I regrouped. I took this morning off. Okay. Cause you know, I got to practice what I preach, Karen. I couldn't yes. be running around like a crazy person Don't be for a three hypocrite. weeks. Can't be a hypocrite. Right. So I, I regrouped and it, that just, that the past couple of weeks have gotten away from me. People really wonder what I would do if I retired. And I'm like, I really feel like I would fill my time. Yes. Absolutely. You will. One of my best friends who also worked at Dow, who Lainey knows, Lance, he's a retired, he's a retired engineer. He he does stuff all the time. He's always making stuff and crafting. And, he, and he's why I have a purse that says more glitter, less blue. He's the get glitter king. <laughs> I mean, and um but he he's fills the one that his was time in Apollo time. that we went to. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's 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 but he feels his time differently than I do. He's making things and fixing things and doing and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say this like I'm going to retire tomorrow, but there are times where I think, hmm, I could really do other stuff with my day. And as the world has returned to normal, you've been able to fulfill your desire travel. to travel. Travel. Well, I mean, because Lady and I have a trip coming up. I know. We do. It's a big year. I said, I'm turning 25. We got to do something fun. Yeah. And we, uh, we've already um, scheduled a date for the podcast party. Yeah. Of y'all's trip. Because I said, there's no way we're doing that no. after. I said, no. we got to We got to get that taken care of before we leave. Yeah. So, two weeks in Italy, we'll be able to stand it. That sounds fun. So, but, yeah. You know, she's a good travel companion. But I have been able to travel more. But, you know, things get in the way. Other things get in the way. So you don't always get to do what you want to do. But travel is certainly part of it. I, I've not found a charity that I'm passionate about yet because I would I have always done nonprofit or charitable work. Um, I haven't found it yet. Something's gonna come. Something will come up. Yeah, I feel like you gotta. Be I feel like there's a lot of things that you have tried or that you have passions for. Yeah, and you've spread out, but yeah, I mean I've done lots of stuff. I was the chairman of the Baton Rouge Red Cross. I mean I've done all kinds of things, but. I just haven't found yet what, what something else will come along. I feel like it's going to have to do with dogs. Yes. Eh, probably not. I don't do well with dogs well, in bad situations. She I'm can't not. watch a movie with a dog in it. Oh, 
if the dog dies, I'm um, gone. Yeah, I've never watched that. Um, what's that movie? Marley. Old Yeller. Oh, no, I've never watched that. <laughs> yeah. Old Yeller. Any of those yeah, dogs. No, if the dog's no. on the, if there's a dog like sitting on the poster, poster, <laughs> I'm yeah. not watching Patrick's it. like, we are not watching that show. I did, I did watch one on a plane and I feel like the dog was in it and uh, I was not, I was ugly crying on the plane. No, it was, pretty, I, it was I not do one that. of my finer moments. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, Karen, look, uh, thanks for being here. You're yeah. so welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm not sure that I gave you much, but. Oh, that was very, oh, was edu- very educational for me. I didn't really know what the lobbies did. I knew they lobbied. She now knows they don't hold signs outside of the yes. Capitol. Or wear shirts that right. have, yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, Slogans you know, on them or. I had a feeling there was a little more to it than that, but that was. It It, it is an interesting thing. And any, if you, I know you don't have any free time, but if you ever want, if you and Lainey, either one of you ever want to go to the Capitol with me, I'll be happy to take you. Um, I think we're going to put Patrick on that. Oh, yeah. yes. Patrick, you call me. Eat that up. Yeah. Patrick, <laughs> you call Patrick. me. Patrick needs to meet you. Oh, cool. yeah. Cool. All right. Let's all have dinner one day. <laughs> yes. I'll cook. I can't, I have time. Perfect. And we're, she does love she to host. She lives somewhat close to me, right? Yes. I'm over by Webb Park. Right here. Yeah, yeah. and I'm right off Hundred Oaks. I pass yeah. your house to get to her house. Yeah. From the office. Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. Don't, I don't but I'll cook. We'll all get together. And, but if Patrick wants to come and, you know, if any of the listeners have a passion that they think that that's something that the legislature could do something about. Yeah, I would say if we could get the damn light synced, it would just make Patrick's day. <laughs> That's she not a state. City council. <laughs> Talk to the Metro Council, and I'm not going to give you a lot of hope there. Right. Well, <laughs> I can't remember. And he's not wrong, though. I was driving down north uh, on Saturday to go to that race. Stop. Oh, yeah. Stop. Stop. I'm like, it's Saturday. What yeah, is going Melissa on? Melissa showed up to the race I and did. cheered us on. I did. I was a, I was a cheerleader. She I'm said like, it was going to be a game time decision, and I honestly was not expecting her to show up, going to be honest. I'm a partner of the people, Karen. I understand. But you walked up, and it made the morning. I uh, have hung up my running hat for about three years, so I wasn't about to go run. In fact, it's a good thing, because I was just talking to a friend this weekend. We were talking about wrinkles. And she said when she was run, started running when she was in her early 40s, her dermatologist said... That is the worst thing you can do for your face. Mm. Because of the gravity? Because of, because every time you pound, it breaks collagen. And that's why hard-term runners have, you see them, they have like yeah. lines in their face. I think that's what happened to Kim Mulkey. We were, we were speculating <gasps> because Lady. apparently everybody tells her she looks like Kim Mulkey. Oh, God. I was getting texts during the game you yesterday. Do. I, I mean, she said, she, said I, she doesn't have as many wrinkles. No, you don't. And don't be don't be bad mouthing coach. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. You don't. I mean. Um, but we. But during the game, am I not lying? Yeah. Three people that I work with from down. One who lives in Mich. Two. One who lives in Michigan. One who lives in Texas. One li- lives somewhere else. Texted me and said, "Is that you on the sidelines of the team?" I was like, "What are y'all talking about?" Well, she dresses like you, and she has blonde hair like you. I was like, "It's a Louisiana thing." Yeah. I'm, well, and then I saw a Facebook post, and it was somebody was saying Kim Mulkey is Louisiana. Everybody has an aunt that is like her. Yeah. And I said, "Well." I really you look like her too. Well, okay, running eventually just beat up my entire body. And oh yeah, your knees. Of course, it just didn't feel good to me at it's any point. Good. So now I have a Peloton. It's much better. And Lainey's brother Tyler, everyone used to say he looked like Kramer Roberts. Yes, this is true. Because mm. we were, he did. There, well, uh, we were both there at around the same time that he was. 
Yeah. Give or take. Between. And people would stop him on campus. Students would ask him for an autograph. And Tyler was like, I don't play anything. Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah, I can <laughs> so say that. So maybe we are all related. Who knows? Hey, maybe we have know, some we, similar Six degrees genes. of separation or whatever. Oh, no, called. in Louisiana. In Louisiana, is closer. I Three. Okay. I in Louisiana. I'm telling you, it's amazing. When I taught at St. Joseph's for four years, and it's like I run into business owners, and they were either my students or, I mean, I'm born and raised here, so. You know, it's a it's a small big town, but yeah, hung on my running hat, so I went to the five k and I cheered everyone on. Good lady told me she so much time. She yeah. had a great time, a really great time. I was like, look at Lainey. She's like, I've only run a mile. I'm like, okay, like, was it okay? But how? Be honest, everybody we, looked surprised when I came around that corner. Our whole team was like, is that Lainey? I, I did. was like, they were like, it's yeah. Lainey. I was like, Lainey. I mean, I think I was like that. I think I said, lady. Like, yeah, you did. I like waited. Because it was like 28 minutes, which I feel like is a really good time good for somebody time. that doesn't. I mean, you say you run, but not like that. I don't How ever run feel? more than a, Was it miserable? Was it a miserable 28 minutes? No, it felt pretty good, but I would never run further than that. Gotcha. Like I, people who do half marathons, I, full marathons. Four. I did four half marathons. I finished that and I was like, you know what? You're good. I have the desire to stop. Like, I didn't want to go anymore. But let me tell you what she wouldn't do yesterday when we were trying to make her hold the squat as long as Kim Mulkey does when she squats. I know. I said Monday is squat day at CrossFit. I can, y'all can't expect me to run a 5K, then do squats. Then, mm-hmm. So she just flat refused. Good for you, Lainey. But she did take it the glass Sunday. of champagne. It was Sunday. It was the day of rest. She did take the glass Stop of Stop outing me. I did a, I did a terrible lint. I told her candy. Outing, you're Wait, outing me go, on the podcast. Oh, here's the funny thing, too. Ben she Q said, Ben Q liquor sign said God wants you to give up candy. Yeah, I saw that. Wait, she said she was supposed to have dry January, and then like two weeks into it, she said something. I was like, wait, I'm not. I don't. This doesn't matter. But I thought we were dry January. She was like, it's damp. Well, like, it's only like, at an event. I, I'm a social drinker. I mean, like I don't drink at my house yeah. by myself. But if you invite me to a party, I can't be the only one. I mean, out. hey, no shame in that game. And even if you drink at your house by yourself, you know, I love a glass of wine on my porch she drank, by myself. She drank on a Sunday and. Some of the rules say that Sunday's not doing that. I don't, and Kim I don't Mulkey, think it counts towards the 40 days. And Kim Mulkey said, I am blessed it is Palm Sunday. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, Karen. Thank you so thank much. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. it. And we hope all of our listeners have a fabulous week. Thank you, Lainey, for co-hosting. Oh, Bye, guys. Bye.